the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 148 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, like every week, is the Jay Rodriguez of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we dive in to another amazing week of MMA action, uh, we're going to look back at last night's car between Jacare Souza and uh, Derek Brunson. We're going to look ahead to next week's car where Leona Machida takes on Eric Anders. We're going to talk in depth hopefully, about Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier, which has been set for UFC 226 on, in July of this year. So that's a huge, huge card th- uh, there that's lining up. We're going to talk about Nate Diaz uh, possibly coming back. We're going to talk as well about uh, Richie Smolin, who, who has uh, been... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Who's been who? Who you know? It's official now that he's in the UFC house. Anyway, competing UFC, yeah. And uh, we're going to look ahead to UFC London as well. There's a couple of rumored fights for that card. Graham, how are you? Are you still licking your wounds after last night? Yeah, it was, it went out for a few drinks and a, f- uh, a few games at uh, pool before the the UFC. Uh, watched Liverpool lose to West Brom in the FA Cup, which is uh, horrendous. The most worrying thing about it is. Uh, Liverpool, from Liverpool's perspective, is the fact that they can barely score a penalty when they're given a penalty this season. I think that's gonna yeah. that's gonna come back to haunt you at some stage badly. Like what they've missed, the like Champions League four last seven penalties or something, is it? I think it's six of ten they've missed now. Do, who takes them all the time? Is it usually Firmino. Um, no, Firmino's only taken two and he's missed both of them, or he's taken three and he's missed two of them. Milner usually takes them, but uh, he's not always starting these days. Last season he was a uh, left back for the whole season, so he was on the pitch the whole time and he missed yeah. one. One out of eleven, I think it was, but this season he hasn't been on the pitch. When well, he's he's I think he's missed one himself and scored a couple of himself. Milner from the penalty spot this year, but he hasn't been on for most of the penalties. Mm-hmm. Just get Coutinho. To, oh wait, wait. <laughs> man, I won four 0 again. Of course, excellent. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of VAR to stuff? It's, it's I like it. I think I think it's 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 obviously gonna it's gonna get quicker. It's it's obviously gonna have teething problems uh, as everybody gets used to it and all that. But I think it's good for the game. Um, Overall, in the in the long in the long run, I think it was it was it was too many just blatantly obvious mistakes being made, and it'll rectify that. That one yesterday, do you know where they said Garrett Barry was offside? Though I don't yeah, think that was clear. He's, nah, he's, like, inter- he's interfering. He's right in front of the keeper in his eye line. If you if you ever played in goals in a match, that's so that's so that uh, off putting. Like that that is interfering. The rule is if he goes to play the ball, and I'm not sure if he did go to play the ball or if he went to get out the way of the ball. But he's he's back he's backing into to minute. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That's not the rule now. The rule is no. The rule is if you go for the ball, that doesn't matter I anymore. I'd have to look at the rules. I'd have to look at the rules, but I, I I don't know if that's like the I didn't hear about that rule change. But previously it was if you interfered with the ball in any way. So interfering with the ball is is blocking the keeper as he's trying to go for the ball. That's interfering with the ball. Uh, that one's a clear and obvious I don't rules. think it was clear and obvious either. I don't think it was clear and obvious. Well, like, there should have been, there should have been a red salad. card as well. for uh, There was a bad tackle that didn't get called back for VAR, which I was surprised they didn't call it back uh, when your man um, went in. Get up and, and, you know, but it doesn't matter when you, go, you nearly break somebody's ankle. Like. But it does. They usually get that as a yellow card when you get the ball first. And then you kind I of think they looked at it though, because like, the, the, you think they would have looked at it, you know? Uh, that was surprising. I didn't look yeah. at that, but uh, maybe because there was already so many, so many incidents that they decided not to. But uh, that was a strange one. 
Yeah, I just don't like it at all. I don't think it works. Do it for the do do two ta- challenges a game so it doesn't stop the game all the time. If you get the challenges wrong, yeah. it's gone, and that's. I'd that's love it. to see challenges because then, like you know, when the keeper holds the ball for over six seconds, they can throw a challenge, and and it could be an indirect free oh, kick. Well, no. The rules can actually be enforced, and if somebody obstructs somebody, shepherds the ball out of play illegally, they can throw a flag, and and they can get the free kick. And the rules can actually rules of football can actually be enforced for uh, the first time in decades. Some people just love to watch the world burn, don't they? You're one of those people. All right, let's get to the MMA action anyway. Uh, and let's get to last night, first of all, where uh, Jacare Souza announced himself back on the, the middleweight scene. Maybe not title scene quite yet, but he went in there, got the job done against Derek Brunson in his first fight. As an underdog almost, in the end as well. Was he? He was the yeah, underdog. On, on Paddy Power right before the fight, he was an underdog. Oh, can't believe that. In fairness, Derek Brunson has been, has been doing pretty well. Of late, you know, what was he coming off of? Was it was it two wins in a row? He's coming off of now, most recently, over uh, Leona Machida and Dan Kelly. So you can't that can't be sniffed at, I suppose. But if if this fight kind of went not the way I, I thought, but in in a way that you, when you look at a fight between Jacare Souza and Derek Brunson, you think. The classier fighter is going to win that maybe. You know, it was one of those for me. I, I was thinking about picking Brunson beforehand, but I went with Jacare, and it was, it was for kind of that reason alone. It happens an awful lot here, like that in MMA, where just the classier fighter won. And I thought Jacare, even though he was almost a year out of the cage, and even though Brunson has is coming off of those two big wins, I thought. Jacare looked the more comfortable in there. He looked like someone who of just like a, a higher grade of skill, and he just looked. He looked a better fighter to me, to be honest. Do you think the same way, or am I reading? Uh, am I being too complimentary of Jacare and not complimentary enough of Brunson? No, I think you're right. I think Jacare is definitely the more complete <clears throat> martial artist. He's obviously better on the ground, and uh, he's he's underrated on the feet. I think I think uh, people are worried about him getting the takedown, which obviously opens up a bit more on the on the feet than if he didn't have that that ground game. But uh, I think Derek Brunson is one of these guys that's going to beat. It's going to beat most of the people kind of just below the upper echelon, but lose to the upper echelon guys. Like, I know he has a win over Machida, but Machida hasn't won a fight since what? I don't know when, like 2014. Let me just double check that. Yeah, he's uh, been out. CB Dalloway in 2014, December 2014. He's his last win. Like, in CB Dalloway, like, he's, he's a decent fighter, but he's he's nowhere near top echelon, never was. So, obviously, he's fighting yeah, top I, guys I, I, like I, Rockhold I, and Romero, but, um, hmm. and then. But Machida's kind of over the over the hill a bit, so um, it was a good win for Brunson, but it wasn't a Jacare level win, I don't think. Even though Jacare and Machida are similar kind of age, I don't think they've. Uh, don't think I think Machida's um, more shop worn and over the hill. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think this fight was an interesting tactical battle, but that was a bad thing. It turned out in the end for for um, for Brunson, like Jacare in the past has been a guy maybe that you wouldn't want to get into a tactical battle with uh, that he wouldn't want to get into a tactical battle himself because he's he's a kind of he's the guy who'll kind of put you down absolutely dominate you you know take your arm home choke you to sleep whatever like we've seen fights before okay like the likes of when he fought luke rockhold and stuff you know 50 50 kind of fights he, he can definitely do that but usually when he does that he wants to you know he wants to fight but last night I think he just won that tactical battle so well. Like Brunson, Brunson is the type of guy who uses, you know, we talk about explosivity all the time in MMA and 
Brunson probably is the best exponent of that. He explodes into shots, gets big knockouts with that left hand. We, we you know, you saw it, it lot, in lots of his fights. Dan Kelly, especially, he, <clears throat> even that uh, Machida fight last time out, where Machida came into him and then he he came over the top with that big, huge left hand, just reckless abandon, um, and got the knockout against Chakra. He wasn't doing that. And he was being more, he was waiting too much, I thought. Like, it's grand when you're someone like Brunson, when you when you fight, you know, in that manner where you land all that one big shot and get the knockout and that's how you go. If that's your fighting style, fair enough. But he didn't seem to be doing that early. And then Jacare, every time he he thought about doing it, Jacare countered with that right hook. And Dominic Cruz said it, you know, that's how we won the first time. Cruz called it very well, I thought, that, that the right hook was landing all the time. But then when he tried to up it, because he knew the fight was kind of getting away from him. He knew Jacare almost got a takedown at one stage. He was landing that right hook over and over and over. When he saw that fight kind of getting away from him, Brunson started up the pace, and he started to attack more and more and more. And there's a fine line there between not attacking enough and attacking too much. And in the end, I think he attacked too much. And another beautiful word that Dominic Cruz likes to say, the reads. I think Jacare read it. He maybe landed like three or four rights. It's one beautiful one to the body. And then he came up high with the kick. Just read Brunson coming in and, and, and absolutely took his head off and, and knocked him out. Or knocked him down, at least, anyway. But, uh, like, it, it, it was an interesting te- technical battle. And it, it showed to me that Jacare... There's still, uh, you know, there's still a bit left in the old dog yet. Yeah, I think I think people kind of underestimate. I was kind of mentioned slightly earlier. People underestimate his striking ability. They kind of because he's so good on the ground. Uh, people don't really talk about it, but he has he has a good few TKOs and KOs over the years, and uh, he's definitely a well-rounded martial artist. Even if he even if obviously the ground game is a speciality, but he doesn't need to get it there, and he's he's not desperate to get it there. But mm-hmm. he, but he's he's actively he's actively uh, letting you know that uh, like with the shot that he did put in, okay, he didn't get the shot, but he put he nearly did, and he made uh, Brunson have to worry about that, which uh, which is good. He mixed mixed it up well. He's definitely he's definitely been uh, evolving even 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 still at this this late age. But uh, it's a. Uh, it's kind of now or never for Jack Ray in terms of the UFC title. He's he's, he's kind of this is his, probably his last real run at the title, so it was an important win for him as well. Yeah, before we get to the what's next for him, what's next for Brunson, maybe what did you think of the stoppage? It was a little early, but uh, it was a little early. But I think, um, yeah, if, if you were Brunson, if you were Brunson's camp, Brunson fan, you'd probably be a little disappointed with that. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was great to be honest. I can see why Dan. You know, I can see why Dan stopped it, but he not he knocked him down, and he was in you know he was in the process of getting back up. He was on his knees trying to push against the fence, and now okay, he did get a couple of free shots on him, and that's that's fair enough. That's why I say the stoppage is fair enough. But I would have liked to have it gone on a little bit more. You know, that's and I think that stoppage to me, when I'm kind of thinking about it and analyzing it. It shows the difference in kind of safety levels at times between MMA and boxing. Like in boxing, that would have been stopped and he would have got back up and he would have fought on. You know, like if you had given Jack or, or um, sorry, Brunson 10 seconds there to get up and fight on, I think he would have been grand, to be honest, even though he was, yeah. you know, he was badly hurt and all. But the fact he was stopped is good for his safety. You know, he'll fight another day. But I think he wasn't, I think he was recovering. You saw him when he stood up. That he and I know you know that extra two or three seconds is counts an awful lot. But when you saw him when you stood, he stood up, he looked fine. You know, he obviously looked like he'd been hurt, and you know he had a worried look on his face or whatever. But I, I th- just thought it was a little bit too early. But I, you know, it wasn't an egregious one by any means, and you know, better safe than sorry. 
uh, I suppose, in, in you know, in a, in a lot of those cases. But yeah, as you said, with Jackra, it, it it is an interesting one for him where he goes to next. Like from a from a tactical point of view, sometimes with a fighter like him, you you said there he isn't he isn't uh, you know just looking for his jujitsu all the time. That he isn't, but. I think at a stage of his career he was, and then he moved to where he had a very good Muay Thai game. You saw last night his boxing looked good, through that high kick, very good. Someone like Verdum did a similar thing around the same time as him, and obviously it brought him to the, the heavyweight championship of the world, and I, I, his jiu-jitsu helped too, no, no doubt about it, and the, the Jacare will be the same. But I think with Jacare, going into last night, and why I had a little bits of res- reservations about picking him maybe was if... If those improvements had kept going, or you know, he'd be he's been injured a lot over the last year or two, and it's hard, you know, to I think he had a bad elbow injury at one stage, I think his shoulder was injured as well, and it's hard to keep up, you know, that those improvements all the time. You know, fair enough, you know, your jujitsu, your jujitsu or something. If you couldn't train in that, you know, it could probably come back to you. But when when you're training something for for years and years and years, and it finally gets good for you to kind of be taken out of it, or you know maybe stop doing it or whatever way it goes, I think it's hard to keep progressing on that. But it, it looks good for Jacare to you know going forward. And gonna you know, kind of with that in mind, how do you think he matches up with those guys around the, the top of the division now? Well, the Rockall fight we saw before, but I think in Strikeforce, but I think Jacare and uh, Rockall are both more evolved and, and better all around than, than they were then. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Rockhold one is a tough one. It'll probably be another really close. Like that was, a, I think it was a 48, 47. It might've even been a split decision or it was very close anyway than when they fought in strike force. So I probably see it being similar enough where, where it'd be three, two either way. But um, yeah, I think, I think maybe Rockhold's chin isn't quite as good as uh, some of the others around him. Um, it's hard to know though, because because uh, the the shot from Bisping was kind of careless. He was kind of being careless, and that can happen as well. As well. But uh, the, and the, the Vitor Belfort one was vicious as well. So maybe people are reading a little bit too, too much into that. But um, I think I think Rockhold is good enough to to stay away from the ground, or if he does get taken down, to, to neutralize it. But uh, but I see it being a really close fight if they were to fight again. Um. Mm. Then you have Yo Romero, which we've already seen that fight. That was a ra- another razor close one with Jack. I think it was 29-28 for uh, for uh, Yo Romero. Mm-hmm. It was very close, so it could have went either way. Um, so yeah, he can definitely beat both both of them. Um, Whitaker's obviously injured at the moment, but it looks like it's more serious than initially thought with the staff infection, according to Dana White, anyway. So uh, yeah. Yeah, he can. He, I, I, he, like he's on his day. He's capable of beating beating these guys, but uh, it's it's kind of like his last chance to to do it. I think at a uh, at thirty eight, thirty nine, he's 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 got to make it happen pretty soon if he wants to. He he can't afford a slip up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the next fight of his career is definitely the biggest fight of his career because, as you mentioned there, he he's number three in the rankings and number one, number two, and the champion. He's lost all of them, you know, and that's that's a. T- tough place to be if you're Jack Ray <coughs> sorry one win in a row now only against uh, Derek Brunson and uh, you know lost to Robert Whitaker last time out it's uh, look if you're looking at that fight between um, Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold if you know the winner of that who are they going to be fighting it's, pro- it's likely going to be Whitaker you know people talking about his injury and stuff it's tough to know how long he's going to be out for maybe there's a chance that Jack Ray gets the winner of that fight but the loser of that fight is probably the fight that Jack Ray should be looking at. You know, it mightn't do anything for the person he's fighting to to beat him or, or you know, 
it mightn't do him any more trouble if they lose two in a row or whatever. But for him to get a win over a Ramiro or a Rockwell, to get that win back as well, I think that'd be big for him. And it would get him the title shot because that division is not good, that middleweight division. If you're looking past him, you know, you've GSP is there who's basically kind of gone into retirement again. Chris Weidman has lost loads of fights in, in his last four or five, got, just got back with one. Gaslam, I don't think they're too sure of giving him title shots. Bisping looks like he's on the way out. Brunson just lost David Branch and Uri Hall are after that who are, you know, nowhere near the title. So there's definitely an opening there for Jacare, I think. But he needs, as I said, he needs that big fight next because you, as you mentioned, they're 38 years of age you know it's going to be tough for him if he doesn't get that big win in his next fight yeah if he wants to stay active maybe they could put together the the kevin gasolum kevin gasolum uh mm -hmm. fight but uh, i think uh, he probably prefer to wait and and see as you were saying see who's the winner between uh rockhold and romero is and depending on whitaker if whitaker's out for for a while with this then he could step right into the the title shot or or the interim title shot but uh it's a good place for him to be, I suppose. Uh, he's he's put himself, as you said, he's lost everybody ahead of him in the rankings. Not that the rankings are, are the be-all and end-all or anything like that. Certainly far from that. But um, mm -hmm. but it, he has to, he can't afford to lose twice to one of these guys. It's just going to set him back too much. It's, it's it's as you said, it's a, bit, it's a massive fight for him, possibly the biggest of his career so far. I, didn't, I know the next fight is always the biggest fight and all that, but... This is this is it. Like I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he has uh, his eyes on getting that UFC belt. So, um, I don't like I'd have to watch tape to see uh, between Romero to pick between Romero and Rocco. But they're both bad style match or they're both difficult style matchups for him. Guys, he's lost it before, but um, he I, I think he can definitely beat both of them on his day. So, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. And he was kind of he was kind of um. He looked maybe, I was thinking maybe he's kind of over the hill. Maybe he looked a bit sloppy in his last couple of couple of fights before this. Like, okay, not the one, um, the Whitaker one was a bit, uh, was was a bit of a shock. Like I thought, I thought maybe it would be a close fight, but I didn't think Whitaker would, would take him apart like he did. But maybe that's just a, more of an indicator of how much, uh, how many improvements Whitaker has made and how comfortable he now looks, especially at 185. I think that was a, that was a good change for him. So yeah, he he has wins over Vitor Belfort and Tim Boach. Before that, they're not like Vitor's not the same as he was, and Tim Boach is is not never top caliber. So he needs that he needs that marquee win um, to put himself in the, in the position. I think I think yeah, I think he's looking up, and uh, I'd be surprised if they matched him up with somebody below. But if they were, then I think uh, Gastelum would be would be a good fight. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad one. And for Derek Brunson, then, you know, it's tough to know where he goes. He's already fought the likes of Uriah Hall and, and Leota Machida and like, guys hanging around, you know, that division kind of there. You know, maybe, you know, maybe a fight with David Branch or Christoph Jotko or something is, is the way to go. Like, Paulo Costa is around there. I think he's a fight coming up, but he could, you know, they could, he'd be the kind of guy that they might, uh, they might feed Bohachina, uh, on his way up so for Derek Brunson I think it's an important time as well but as you said there he's he's still a dangerous guy you know and I think a little bit with Brunson as well is kind of his not his mindset but um you know when he is when he's confident when Brunson is confident in fights I think he's very very hard to beat but like last night when he's not confident when he doesn't come out and let his hands go he he's not the best in the world and and he isn't because I think it's it's just his technique and he's he comes in with his head straight up in the air and gets hit. Like he's one of those fighters that's 
it's a high percentage or low percentage, you know, there's he's either going to get knocked out or he's going to get the knockout. He's one of those guys, you know, you, you see it by his record, how many, you know, how many fights he's had, uh, he's had finish. He's only had, what, six six decisions and 24 fights. So, uh, you know, always exciting to see, but, it, you know, it's going to be a, a difficult road for him as well. Right, let's, let's move on here um, further down the card. And the cut main event, uh, Andre Feely against, um, against Dennis Bermudez. I kind of enjoyed this fight. I thought it was a good back and forth fight. There was a lot of wrestling. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of 50-50 fights. And my first thought after this fight was, this is a hard one to score. Like, I think literally every round was kind of 50-50-ish. I, I had Bermudez, but I had a push. I have no problems with the, this feely, feely split decision. Um, what what did you think of the fight overall and the decision and everything? Yeah, I thought it was a good fight. It was it was very competitive. Um, I, People were... were given out about the scorecards but it was one of these ones where all the rounds were close and you can kind of make an argument for for most scorecards including uh including 30 27 for the for the bermudez who ended up losing and people were kind of up seemed up in arms about that but i even though i i, sc- I scored a 29 28 for bermudez i can see it 29 28 for feely and i can see it 30 27 for bermudez that's how close these rounds were i thought the decision was going to go to bermudez like when they were standing in the in the cage afterwards but i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't as surprised as uh, i think a, a lot of people on twitter at the time seemed to be I, I obviously I didn't watch it live last night. I came back and watched it afterwards. What, what were people saying? Were they saying who were they saying it was a robbery for? Well, people, or what, what was... people were giving out mostly about the thirty twenty seven uh, to the Bermudez. They're like, oh, who? How do you give the loser the fight uh, all three rounds? But mm-hmm. it's one of them ones where yeah. it's 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 just the way MMA is scored. It's per round, and it's some some of these are razor close rounds, and you can only give ten nine, like you know. So you can give you can like you know you can't give nine and a half or you, you whatever it is. So these things are going to happen and usually yeah if you looked at probably over the years if you look through all the cards that the winner or all the, the scorecards where the winner got a 30 27 against them there's probably some egregious ones there but i don't mm-hmm. think this is one of them yeah i i'd agree with that and uh, i think the wider point here is how much andre feely has actually progressed as a mixed martial artist i thought I thought this was by far the best, um, the best performance of his career. When he came into the UFC at first, I thought he was, I thought he was capable of this sort of thing. But then he kind of faded away a little bit. But I think it was, it was very good the way he mixed in the takedowns. Now Bermudez is a guy, d- despite his wrestling background, who is susceptible t- for takedowns because he goes in so hard so often. But you know, and and that training, you see a lot of those alpha male guys, especially recently, are, are improving an awful lot. Um, and you know, we saw Josh Emmett there um, not too long ago. We saw Darren Elkins, who's gone there and looked absolutely phenomenal. I think it, it's paying dividends now for Feely all that training, and he's kind he kind of seems to be buying into it. And that it's definitely a hot camp right now. But I think he's just he's just becoming one of those dark horse fighters last last night especially and uh, you know that fight against Labov as well I, I picked Labov to win that fight because we've seen Feely hit and hurt before but uh, I think those those two fights have been very good especially especially last night I think he was he, he he's pushing himself into a level now that that um you, you can't rule him out in any of these fights maybe uh could take a little bit of the elkins route where he's maybe not uh, taking as much damage as elkins but keeping up you know his output and his his cardio are unbelievably good and you know um mersad bektic kind of called out the winner of that fight uh for his next fight so maybe that's maybe that's something they'd entertain you know he's Mirza Bektic coming back obviously off of almost a year out as well maybe Feely against Bektic would be a, a good fight to, to come up next 
yeah, I, I definitely watched that. I think I think um, Andrew Feely would always had good good tools and stuff, but he was kind yeah. of a bit inconsistent. He, he obviously he's only lost five times. Once was back at the start of his career. Then his next loss was the Max Holloway in the third round, which is which isn't that bad. And then uh, Pepe he lost with a with a first round choke. That isn't that isn't a great result. But then his next loss then is Yair Rodriguez and uh, Calvin Qatar. So you know he, most of his losses are the top guys and. Uh, or very talented guys at least and uh it's a big win from against Dennis Bermudez like Dennis Bermudez okay the, the win over Holloway that he got probably I would have I, I definitely scored it for Holloway but it's on the record as a as a win for Bermudez and Holloway's he's a lot better than he was uh he's a lot better now than he was then but he was still very tough then and it, that that was a that was a good win for Bermudez even if even if uh even if I didn't actually score for him but um yeah, I think I think Feely is putting together now. I think, I think like you know, twenty seven. People kind of forget how young some of these guys are. Um, when they've been around for a while, they're part of a, a big team. They get a bit of hype behind them, like Feely did when he first came into the UFC. It was a bit of, oh, just a nice guy from Alpha Male, but uh, he got off to a bit of an inconsistent kind of up and down, lose one, win one start. But he looks to he looks to be putting it together now, and he looks more comfortable in there, and he, he looks like he's a he's an awkward guy to fight. Um. And maybe because because of that awkwardness, it makes it kind of hard for the, ju- the judges to score the rounds and for people to score the rounds as well. And it, it makes them hard to prepare for as well. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the featherweight division, and we, we mentioned Mursad Bektic there, uh, let's talk about him. Uh, what, what, his name as well. They keep calling him Bektic. Like, is it not Bektic? Like, Luka Modric. I, I always thought it was Bektic. Yeah. Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic, Mursad Bektic. Like, are, should we be calling him Ibrahimovic or Modric? Like, that that's just not right, is it? I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but I would have I I've been pronouncing it uh, Bektic for for the last yeah, few years. Me too, and I'm going to continue. He he looked phenomenal again. Got Alfredo Pepe, as you mentioned him there, was it Andre Feely he beat? He's like I read Got Alfredo Pepe. I think he's a very good, dangerous guy. You know, he's a a lot of a lot of submission wins, a lot of knockout wins in his career. Um, you know, inconsistent enough as well. But uh, you know, with a win over a guy like Andre Feely, and I think he's beaten. Um, is it Noad Lahad or someone like that? He's also beaten, you know, he's beaten a couple of tough guys. So, you know, for a big bet yeah, to come Noad back Lahad, in there. He beat Dashen mm-hmm. Johnson. He beat uh, Mike De La Tour. Um, the, the guys he's losing to, like, you know, Darren Elkins' decision. Uh, Shane Burgos is, is undefeated. So, like, you know, he's not losing to, he's not losing the bums, but he, he's a good test. And it was a good, um, it was a good comeback fight after his first loss for Bektich. Like, it was, uh, it was kind of, set up for him to win it and he did it really impressively and it was a beautiful shot body shot i think it was to the solar plexus wasn't it yeah yeah, uh, yeah from one angle it looked like it was kind of to the liver but then it was either to like the sternum or the solar plexus it was kind of a straight down the middle of of uh, of uh, his yeah. chest but yeah it was very yeah, good yeah put him away nicely they folded him with that that was uh that was a big reaction to it to a body shot like you know it's mm-hmm. rare that you see that like sometimes guys drop but he just kind of you knew it was over the second the second he reacted to that body shot and it was uh, important for Bektic a lot has expected of him for years and years he's been injured constantly and that's held him back a good bit but he's still a massive prospect he's still young and if he, if he can if he can start fighting regularly and um not not have to go back and rehab injuries instead of improving um then mm-hmm. I think I think he like okay it's really hard to predict what's going to happen in the future but I think he can make a run at the title I think he can hang with a lot of guys already that are at the top of that division and I think he's only getting better and more importantly he gets Team Sheehan back in the win column yes come on 
It was a ba- it was a bad couple of weeks, but we're back. Team Sheen are back with a bang. Body shot and bitches all over the place. So Elkins against Bektich. Who are you up for in that one if they're both Team Sheen? Is that like you, you just had to sit it out and not watch? Yeah. Bec- see, you're, like, you're, you're like a parent of... Uh... You're like a parent, the Kendrick, Kendrick's mother, when they're the two, the two uh, brothers were paying each other for the the champions or the the Super Bowl spot last weekend. Elkins, Elkins was kind of only recently put on the team Sheehan, and not through my, not through me. Everyone started telling me he has to be on team Sheehan now. Even you, I believe, because I've been so running this. Rally. under the pressure, basically. You're, you're no, weak. no, I, I want him on team Sheehan, but like at that point. It was all Bechtich for me. I've always liked Darren Elkins, in fairness, but it's only recently that, you know, I've been running up this justice for Darren Elkins thing. And, you know, does that get him uh, in a spot, a deserving spot in Team Sheehan? It does, but Bechtich is there as well. And they're both like my children now. And if they (laughs) fought again, I'd have to sit out. And, you know, fair play to Darren Elkins for winning that fight. Commiserations to Bechtich, but it's going to make him a better fighter in the long run. That's, That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, that was that was very politically correct. There wasn't that was, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> you don't upset any of your children. <laughs> uh, after that, then Gregor Gillespie as well put on a, an impressive display. Yeah. I think he's gone to eleven and all now, so yeah. he's definitely one to keep an eye on and lightweight. Uh, Bobby Green, Larry Coke put on a put on a very good fight as well. I enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, Bobby Green, Bobby Green, good performance from him. Like he can be very consistent as well. He could do a lot of. Uh, uh, talking trash while getting punched in the face I think he's yeah. done that a few times but this time he was proactive and he was looking for takedowns and he was mixing it up making it difficult and when he when he's good he's good like but it's just it's, it's just another another guy who's inconsistent and um I don't know I don't know why that is maybe it's I don't know what it is maybe it's the nerves or maybe it's it's some certain camps haven't gone well it's really hard to know but sometimes these guys can just start putting it together uh, all of a sudden they something clicks and you wouldn't be that surprised if this was that if, if Bobby Green was to, was to reel off a couple of wins. I don't see him ever getting to the the, the upper echelon or ever uh, having a title shot or anything like that. But I think he'd be he, he's a, he's a good fighter to have around. He's 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 a bit of personality to him. He's a good backstory and all that. So it was an important win for him as well. And um, Eric Coke, there was a lot. I remember when Eric Coke made his debut in the UFC. There was a lot of there was a lot of talk about him being like the new breed and stuff like that. Like. That's it just, nickname, isn't it? Is it, yeah. yeah He's like it is, Dustin yeah. Poirier light, isn't it? He's like a light version of Dustin Poirier. Yeah, he actually looks like him as well, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, he has a win over Aston Seo back, back in, like, 2011. Like, uh, you're kind of thinking back then when he, he was on a few, he'd won a few at that stage. He ended up beating Brookings after that. Like, his only loss was to Chad Mendes at that stage. There was a lot expected mm-hmm. of him. But since then, he's... Got a title shot at that stage. Remember that? And uh, was it Aldo got injured or he got injured? Oh, was that... Him? Was that him? Yeah, yeah it was. He, yeah, it was. Coke. I think Coke got injured, maybe, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's some good wins. Like, he had, in, like, you know, okay, he lost to Chad Mendes, but Chad Mendes was on a tear. He was undefeated at the time, and it was a decision mm-hmm. in WBC. And then he came to the UFC, reeled off a few wins, uh, including Asensio and Brookings. Brookings, okay, maybe he's not top-notch, but he won the Ultimate Fighter, and he's, he's a difficult style, kind of wrestle-heavy. But then he, he lost to Lamas Poirier. He beat all, uh, Rafael Oliveira and then lost to Cruishank. And then his 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 Shane Campbell, he beat him and lost to Caleguid and they lost to Bobby Green. So it's it's been a really bad couple of years for him after after a really uh, impressive start to his to his UFC career. So I don't know. He just hasn't he just hasn't improved or he doesn't seem to have improved as much as any everybody around him in the division anyway. And um, it, it was it. 
it wouldn't be that surprised if he got cut. I don't know if there's much uh, name value. I don't know if he's selling many tickets or putting many many bums on seats or people buying pay per views because Eric Coke. So he, if he does get another shot, he'd want to win that impressively um, or want to win it anyway to, to keep his contract. Mm-hmm. Last thing in this card before we move on, and it's it was the one thing that kind of stuck for me out of this card more than anything else was was the three women's fights on this card and i remember i think it was maybe the first or second ever podcast so how many podcasts we know 140 yeah myself and andrew were talking about it, how you know women's mma was still at a very uh, at a very kind of not low ebb but it, it was still improving and very young and i think it's like three years next week or something since the very first podcast so there, it's three years on now and it really, the improvements haven't come yet. Like there, there's obviously improvements, but women's the standard of women's MMA is still very, very low. Like that, that random Marcos Juliana Lima fight was was just terrible. The Caitlin Chukagan fight wasn't good. You know the Justine Keish Kim fight. The third, the third round of that turned into kind of a war, and it was enjoyable, but it was just very, very low quality. And you know, there's a problem in women's MMA that. Um, in in men's MMA, if you have very good athletes, sometimes it takes away the the technical base, you know, and it, the technique doesn't matter as much. And especially in the early days, you know. But now you have good athletes and good technique, or just very good technique, and that can stand up by itself. But in women's MMA, you the technique definitely isn't there yet, but also the athletes aren't there. You know, we've, there's very few good athletes in women's MMA, and that's why the likes of Chris Cyborg and the likes of Amanda Nunes and even Sarah McMahon, you know, stand out. People like that, uh, Ronda Rousey, even back in the day, and it's improved little bit by bit by bit but they're still like, like at the top level i think it's it's pretty good but yeah, they're still the like 95 percent yeah, yeah. I, I think it just the bottom 95 percent it's looking like this stage in in women's mma is still a long way away yeah it is and uh, breaking up the division so much doesn't help either uh having <laughs> that featherweight division is, is a mess it's not really even a division and then um, just when the, the the 35 division was getting going, they, they brought in the, was looking kind of the best it's ever looked. They brought in the 25 division. A lot of people looking to go down there. And even people, from, even women from 115 are moving up to, to 125. So it's made it, it kind of even, it's made the divisions even thinner with these new divisions. So I don't think that was, uh, I think it was too early to do that. But um yeah, I think as you were kind of hinting at that the, the upper echelon women are, are probably the best they've ever been by by a good bit, but the the lower the lower ninety percent of the of the women in the UFC or in Invicta are at a very similar level to that they were three or four years ago, and it's gonna take a, it's gonna take time. Like it's like women's MMA is is, is uh, MMA in general is very young, what like twenty five years, twenty something years. Um, and women's MMA obviously was going back then, but what didn't have really promotional push behind it, or, or it had a bit in strike force for a certain certain girls, but it wasn't it wasn't really a, a long term thing like the UFC are trying to do here. So it, it, they're definitely taking they're definitely looking to the future, but it, it is a very very slow process at the moment of um, of bringing like there just isn't the talent there basically. But I suppose as mm-hmm. as with Ronda being so popular and um a few years ago and being on all like ellen and all the whatever tv show she was on conan and whatever one she was on that'll maybe think make make some girls join mma and maybe we'll see we'll see like the kind of influx 
in a few years time from from the the popularity of ronda rousey and we haven't seen it yet so hopefully that'll happen soon but at the moment it's, it's very slow progress very slow yeah and right let's move on to next week's card and i suppose kind of continuing on the women's mma team Shevchenko, valentino shevchenko sorry is here and she's fighting priscilla cachojera who's eight and oh and her in her ufc debut like I haven't been following this or anything now. I wonder, did someone fall out of that fight? Like, her last fight was for for the Women's UFC Bantamweight Championship against Amanda Nunes, and now she's coming in fighting someone in her UFC debut. Seems like a weird one. I know she's moving down to flyweight uh, in this fight, but for Valentina Shevchenko, you know, she, maybe they're just trying to get her a win here t- to get her into a title shot or something, but... You'd think they could have, you know, you got someone on the UFC roster already. Uh, Priscilla is, is probably a good fighter, you know. Eight, no, I haven't looked into her yet. So, you know, it, maybe it's a little bit unfair and hard, but it, it seems odd matchmaking, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they're they're probably trying to tear up for uh, Shevchenko for a win, and the undefeated uh, is probably probably the undefeated record is probably why uh, Priscilla's in there. But they tried they tried to match her up with uh, Lauren Mur- Lauren Murphy for the the tough twenty six finale. Um, a few months back, but uh, there was some visa issues for for her, so she 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 didn't she didn't end up fighting. And then you look at the rest of her fights. They're in Brazil against women. Her first fight was against a woman called Costa, who was three and three and five. Then her next one was uh, six and three, three and one, zero and four, four and one, six and nine, and then um, and then she got signed to the UFC. So she's never fought anybody anywhere near the level of Valentina Shushenko. By the by, the looks of it, and it's going to be it's 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 probably going to be a, a pretty easy night for Shushenko. It's a mm-hmm. yeah. The rest of the card, it's not it's not an excellent card, but there's some good little matchups on it. I think Yuri Alcantara against Joe Soto. If that hits the ground, it could be a very interesting jiu-jitsu battle in that one. Uh, Sergio Moraes against Tim Means is, has the the makings of fight at night. I think uh, Tiago Santos, Anthony Smith wouldn't be a bad fight, and John John Dodson in against Pedro Munoz, who I yeah, believe is. Yeah, he's four and on his last four, and you know, John, I I believe John Dodson should still be fighting at one twenty five. I know he's lost a couple of times um, at one twenty five, but he's he's fighting here against a guy Pedro Munoz. Uh, he isn't that much bigger than him, so maybe you know this is this is good. This is a good fight for him, but a lot of the time, guys are just way way too big for John Dodson, and you know, I I still think he's about two or three inches smaller than Munoz, but in that in the bantamweight division, you know, that's about the best he's going to get but um you know he is he, like you know uh, he's been a bit unfortunate like he okay since he lost to Demetrius Johnson he, he beat Manny Gamburi and lost a split decision over five rounds to, to John Lineker beat Eddie Wineland and then lost a split decision over three rounds to Marias Marlon Marias so, like that's 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 a tough that's some tough um split decision losses he has there he holds a win over TJ Dillashaw from the ultimate finale as well so if he could put a few wins together and look good uh, like maybe he's looking at that uh maybe he thinks he thinks he can get a title shot there but if TJ has has a lot of things going on he has a lot of options he has he has Dominic Cruz to come back at some stage he has he has Cody there which is a big fight he has he has uh Demetrius Johnson if he wants like there's a lot of options there. I don't think he's going to be uh, actively pursuing John Dodson. John Dodson's going to have to make serious statements in his next couple of fights if he wants to put his name in the in the mix. But you w- wouldn't rule it out with John Dodson. He's so inconsistent. Um, he does a lot of he does a lot of wasting time, and he, he sometimes in his fights he can do a lot of nothing. But when when he does get going, he he is really good, and he's hard to take down. He's he's got a big left. He 
I think he dropped Demetrius Johnson twice with it in their fight, did he? Yeah, yeah, it's a long time ago. He dropped him definitely once anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think he I dropped think him twice. He dropped him twice. So he's, he's very dangerous when he's on his game, but he's been a bit inconsistent. Um, like, inconsistent when you've lost it, like Marais by the split decision and Lineker by split decision and Demetrius Johnson by decision. But I think uh, people know, uh, hardcore fans know what John Dodson can do on his day. So they maybe have been a bit disappointed with his, with his lackluster performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And the main event then, Leona Machida against Eric Anders. Anders is someone who's kind of not really been on my radar, despite the fact he he's ten and zero. Yeah. Um, he's for his first fight in the UFC against uh, Rafael Natal was, yeah, a, was good, a, big uh, yeah. a good knockout and stuff. But his last fight was kind of a not a back and forth decision, but um, not the most exciting decision. Well, I went back and watched those two fights and. He's a good fighter. Like obviously, a guy coming from the the, uh, the college scene in, in uh, American football, he's a he's a very good athlete. But yeah. he's, he's he was he was drafted onto I think it was the Cleveland Browns or something. I won't say or not drafted, but he was he was signed but didn't make the the final squad in the end. So he's obviously a really good athlete as well. Mm-hmm. He's he reminds me a little bit of Derek Brunson, but he doesn't weigh it as much and he goes forward an awful lot more. Derek Brunson kind of just goes forward in one kind of belt and he just stands in the pocket for. The the rest of the time but uh anders goes forward and forward and forward and tries to land that left hand he's very his stance is maybe one of the weirdest stances yeah. i've ever seen in mma he just stands with his head down to the left and against someone like machida who has head kick knockouts and who can kick extremely quick out of his stance that's dangerous and also machida loves guys that come straight onto him you know we, we rem- that ryan bader fight is always the fight we remember so for me Looking at this, it's not a good matchup at all for Eric Anders, and it, it's there's there's two things I think at play here. Like if you were giving me 100% Eric Anders against 100% Leona Machida, I think Leona Machida wins that every day. But the two things I, I'm interested in seeing is how much improvements Eric Anders can make and how he can step up. And I, I saw a big improvement between the Natal fight and between his last fight where he won a decision, even though you know he, he went from a knockout to a decision. He looked better. That stance improved. He, he was moving his head a lot more. And so I'm looking to see how much improvements he can make on it this fight. And then Machida, you know, he kept coming back, was it two years out? Last time out, he came back off of... He is touching 40 now as well, coming up here in, in the summer. How much has he gone down? You know, that Derek Brunson knockout because he's, he's only fight since 2015, obviously because of the drugs ban. Uh, and it's interesting to see, like, where does the curve lie? Like, at, at a certain stage, Anders is going to go over Machida. But is this the stage, you know, is X going to pass Y? And I'm not sure if it is, to be honest, yet. Uh, I think I'd probably go with Machida. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, who can, who can where that conundrum kind of lies. Is Anders good enough yet? Or is Machida bad enough to lose yet? Yeah, it was it was only three months ago that Machida got knocked out by by Brunson as well. So it's quite a quick turnaround for being knocked out. But as you say, I think I think I think it's it's hard. It's, Machida's had a terrible run, like including the the Usada ban. He his last win is back in December 2014 against CB Dalloway, as I mentioned earlier. And CB Dalloway is he's he's, he's he's been around. He's, he's he's not great though. Like you know, yeah, he he. He's definitely not um, top level, and um, he, since then, he's, Machida's lost to Rockhold and Romero and Brunson. All, f- all finished in all of them, like choked out by Rockhold and TKO'd or KO'd by R- Romero and Brunson. So it's been a bad, it's been a bad time for Machida. Does he still have the motivation that he did before when he was making his way up to the title when he was undefeated? Probably not, but 
I think he's just going to be the more technical guy. I think he's just more skilled, more experienced, and he, he's still dangerous as well. And um, if if you if you leave yourself open, which which I think, which I think Anders will, but if Machida doesn't win this one, you should probably it's probably maybe time to to look at hanging it up. But mm-hmm. I'd go with Machida in this one. But uh, you never know when when guys have, have come back off or coming back three months after being knocked out and they're on a, a skid like this and. Obviously, missing two years with the Usada thing as well didn't help. So uh, I'd go Machida, but uh, uh, yeah, I go Machida. I'd be confident enough, but I, I would have been a lot more confident than Machida pick a couple of years back. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. A big fight for Anders as well. You know, we, we went through that division there earlier on, and there isn't that much quality there. If you're going in, and you're becoming an eleven and all guy. There's a there's a few easy fights there he could pick off. I, I think if he was if those improvements were to to keep yeah. coming, so a certain uh, confidence yeah, that comes uh, with being undefeated as well. Like a lot of guys who are undefeated uh, kind of have a sense of invincibility in their own mind, and yeah. he he's going to be much more motivated, I think, for this for this fight than Machida will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be by far the biggest win of Anders' career if he could do it. It'll be the biggest spot of his career, and the, if he can knock Machida out, or for even even beat Machida impressively, and um, go to eleven and zero, then with the Machida win on, in in the main event and eleven and zero, there'll be some there'll be there'll be some uh, hype behind him then. So it's a big fight for him if he can pull it off. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, let's move on. Um, before we get to the whole Steve and DC talk, what about UFC London? Did, Ariel came out last night. Uh, we were recording this on on Sunday now. Ariel came out on on Saturday, I believe, and said that they're looking at Rashad versus Bisping to main event that. It, uh, earlier in the week, uh, John Kavanagh came out and said that Gunnar Nelson had been offered the Darren Till fight. I believe Pete was talking to Darren Till, and he said no, no such thing happened that he wasn't offered a fight. It's it's a bit of a shit show, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, well, when John Kavanaugh went on Twitter, kind of trying to put pressure on on Till to take the fight, I think yeah. people were like, "Oh, the fight's going to happen." But that said to me that, like, you know, John doesn't really do that. Like, he has not been known to do that when when fights are being made in the background. It was obviously he was trying to put a bit of pressure, get a bit of hype going behind it, and it did work in 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 that sense. People started talking about it a lot, but uh, Till seems to have his uh, his eyes focused up the up the rankings that. Uh, like Gunnar Nelson, um, I think he's twelve or thirteen ranked. He, and he he's twelve or thirteen ranked, but he's much more dangerous than that. It's a it's a it's it's a difficult style matchup for for Till. Like if it hits the ground, it'd be bad news for him. Uh, so it's 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 a risky fight for Till to take. Uh, I think the Wonder Boy fight. I think I think Wonder Boy would 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 easily not easily, but I think he'd handily beat uh, Till. So yeah. it's. It's it's a tough one. Um, I think he uh, Till seems to want a Wonder Boy fight. I remember when um, a few months back, Dana said at some scrum or press conference or something, Dana said that he was going to put together Wonder Boy and, and Till, but then that turned out not to be true. So it's kind of it's kind of been in the background. People have been talking about that for a while. I, I, I don't think there's that much excitement about it though. Um, I think people, I think most people would like a little bit of a slower uh, uh, rise for for Till. Like it would be. Arguably, like I'd still have uh, Wonder Boy as one of the two best welterweights in the world. Probably, probably I thought he—I can't remember which fight it was, but I thought he beat uh, Woodley one of the fights. Um, yeah, so, like we you know, uh, one judge's decision here or there, one round decision there, uh, here or there, and he would have been the champion. So, I think he's the best striker in the division as well, uh, especially with his kicks and his—he's got really good takedown defense. Uh, that wouldn't probably probably wouldn't come into it against Darren Till, but there's not many weaknesses there in Wonderboy's game anymore. Yeah. 
I, I look, I think with this Till Gunnar Nelson fight, I don't think it's necessarily a bad fight for Till. You know, Till is a huge, huge welterweight, and I think if Gunnar Nelson was anyone but Gunnar Nelson, he'd probably be fighting at lightweight. You know, he uh, he talked about not liking to cut weight. You know, he's kind of a different breed from a lot of people. So I think there'd be a big, maybe not height advantage, but a size advantage in that one. And I think Gunnar Nelson would find it hard to get it to the ground, which has kind of been his problem in, in lots of his fights where, where it's kind of gone bad for him. If he could get it to the ground, I think he, you know, he'd snap him up probably and get the get to finish but on the feet Till just hits very very hard I, I like Till Till is a little bit overrated by people now I'm not saying Till is a bad fighter I think I think Till has championship potential in in a year 18 months time maybe even closer because he hits so hard and stuff but at the moment people are people seem to be going and absolutely insane about Darren Till like three fights ago he drew with Nicholas Dalby in Dublin like come on he, he, he's definitely improving and I think he will be a top top guy in that division but he's not there yet and I think he needs to take the slow route in fairness to that, that, that Dublin fight though uh, he was he was he won the first two rounds handily enough and then uh, popped out his shoulder and ended up losing the third round 10-8 yeah but still you know Nicholas, that's, that's kind I mean, of unfortunate yeah, he did well to tough it out as well like and yeah, get, it, like, get out without away from him, but yeah. like if you were talking about like imagine what Tyron Woodley or Wonderboy would do to, to, to Dalby like you know and yeah, but, like, you know, I'm, before before he made a run of the mean. title, he was losing to Nate Marquardt and Woodley was. Like, yeah, that's you know, exactly so. what I'm saying. Yeah, and it took him years and years to get there. You know, it took one by years and years for Matt Brown to get there as well. And I think it's going to take Till a good bit of time as well. And I, I actually think the Gunnar Nelson fight isn't isn't a bad fight to give him if you want him to get up there. I don't like I I disagree with you a little bit. I don't think it's necessarily a great fight for Gunnar Nelson. I think Darren Till would would be able to take it. Think be able to stop the takedown, and he's striking. Gunnar Nelson's striking is underrated, but I think Tills is very good and improving. It's not a hundred percent there yet, as you said. I think Wonderboy would eat him up on the feet at the moment if they fought. But it looks like that fight's not going to happen now. Although you know, there's been so much complaining about this London card from me and from a lot of people that if they did put maybe Rashad and Bisping on this and Gunnar and Till, that'd save it a little bit. But you know, maybe they'll do it, maybe not. But this Rashad Bisping fight Rashad for me is so over the hill, and yeah. I, that doesn't it's a me at all. Fight. It's an absolutely pointless fight, and people are saying, people after I, I tweeted about being pointless fighters, saying, "Why? What, what would you make? Like make Bisping versus Vitor? There's a history there, you know. They hate each other. Like Rashad and Bisping fought, and most people didn't even fucking remember it. Like you know, nobody wants to see that fight again. These guys work with each other in Fox all the time. They're like best of friends. Why? Who wants to see that fight? Like at this stage of their career, you it like it doesn't really matter for both of the guys. They're not getting back to a title shot ever again. You know, it's not a it's not a rivalry. It's just a nothing fight. You know, and give Rashad like Machida's fighting this weekend. Give Rashad Machida. You know, there's a bit of there's a bit of history there. Machida knocked him clean out. You know, I'm sure Rashad would want that fight. Give Bisping Vitor. You know, he's talking about not wanting Vitor. <sighs> Persuade him. I'm I'm pretty sure he'd take that Vitor fight. Uh, if you did a bit. Of persuading like and put him as the main event in london but this fight it's just oh when i heard this uh, it was just it, it was off like there's two fights that i i'd be okay with if there happened Bis even just bisping vitor rashad i just like i used to really like rashad i think he's a, one of the nicest guys in the sport he used to be a really good fighter but just his days uh you know as an excitement are just absolutely done and Bisping against Rashad in a main event in, in London like you're, you're not talking about like going to Nottingham or something or no no offense to Nottingham like but you're going to London one of the biggest uh, cities in the world one of the biggest markets and you're putting fucking Bisping against Rashad as the main event it's, yeah, it's an prefer, insult really I, I prefer the tail gunner matchup than that to be honest I know yeah. Bisping's uh, 
a big attraction in, in the UK, but there's been a lot of cards that have been headlined by Bisbing in, in the UK and a yeah, lot of a lot of cards where he's where he's fought guys that nece- hasn't necessarily been that exciting and uh, this is kind of another one of them where it's kind of like just oh, we're going to find Bisbing a matchup oh Rashad's available let's put him in there it doesn't really have any significance to it and Rashad has looked looked pretty bad recently he looked really bad recently actually he uh, he also had uh, trouble getting cleared a couple of times as well which which would be worrying yeah. I don't know what what that was about it kind of got swept under the, the rug a bit but um. Yeah, I prefer I to see. Th- I prefer to see Till in the main event uh, than than Bisping. I think this Bisping um, KO thing is a a little bit overplayed as well. It's it's it'll be four months, um, more than four months, I think, before the the between the Gaslam fight and the UFC London main event. Like, I'm okay with that. It was like him coming back after three weeks after getting hurt against GSP and fighting Gaslam was absolutely disgusting. Like, but if you're giving a, if a guy's getting one more fight. You know, four months. I, I'm okay with four months. You know, I'd 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 love everyone to take fucking nine months off after they get knocked out, but that's just not a realistic thing. I think. And if Bisping wants to come back, and if he, I think he's a smart enough guy at this stage. If he was feeling any adverse effects of it, uh, he wouldn't come back. But it's, it's obviously not going to help and all. But I don't think it's it's something to get up in arms about, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's enough time. Um, like I think it's probably more people are still thinking about the last time he came back too quick after he got choked by by GSP, but to, before that he was he was heavily rocked and people did say, oh, this is a bit soon beforehand, and it turned out turned out to be right. Um, you know, like maybe the same thing would have happened if he had six months. Maybe Gaslam would have done the exact same thing to him. But when people were talking about it before, and Bisping's been known to be able to take a lot of damage, and he's he's always been a slow starter. He's always he's always uh he's always eight shots early, but he's been able to, to tough it out and come back. But uh, maybe it was the quick turnaround that made him not able to do it the last time. But I think four months. Is is an, is enough? He wasn't put out stiff, like you know, he wasn't. It's it's hard to know though because they're talking about all this uh, concussion and, and CT not being to do with being knocked out. They're saying, well, there's some studies saying that maybe it's more of the the small blows uh, adding up than maybe that getting knocked out is actually better for you than than, um, wow. than eating small blows. So it's it's hard to know. It's it's really hard to know what's going on in the brain and stuff like that. So maybe we're re- <clears throat> maybe we're, we're, we are reading too much into it, but um, especially somebody like Bisbing. Um, like he he can wait, you know. There'll be plenty of people willing to fight Bisbing, and I, I, he talked about retiring. I I'd say he probably have a couple more fights, so there's there's no rush. I don't think. Uh, I think people be more excited about Till as well, but I don't think I don't think the UFC care too much about this this London card. But looks things. Yeah, right. Let's move on. Uh, Stephen Miocic versus Daniel Cormier has been made official for UFC two two six on fight. July seventh. An, an actual supervisor. Remember the time they tried to say uh, Uriah Faber versus Frank Edgar was a supervisor? <laughs> that was hilarious. But anyway, um, a real supervisor. This is a, this is an actual real supervisor. The heavyweight championship champion of the world, sorry, against the light heavyweight champion of the world. My initial thoughts on this were good, good. Make the best fights against the best people. I don't care about these fairy tales belts. Make make the good fights. DC is a heavyweight who's cutting himself to death to get the light heavyweight. Let's be honest here. He's a he's a natural 230, 235 guy. Steep as what 240, 245, maybe a little bit heavier. DC could get a little bit heavier as well. This is a this is a perfect matchup for me. Really, really good fight. Two very good wrestlers dc has improved he's striking an awful lot and just to go forward you know pressure 
output guy, Stephen Miocic, go forward and knock out one punch, knock out power. You know, showed in his last fight that he's able to put the pressure on guys, Cain Velasquez, them, you know, push him up against the fence. This this is a dream fight for me. It might, you know, it mightn't be everyone's favorite. It might be a Gilbert Melendez, um, uh, Diego Sanchez type of fight, but I think this has the makings of just a technical war. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I think it's gonna be great. Like we're gonna have to wait a while, obviously, because they're they're doing um, the Ultimate Fighter coaching as well. So <laughs> it, might, it might not happen. It's a lot. It's a very far away. And in, on the Ultimate Fighter, the coaches seem to never fight when they're meant to fight. But don't do it. Don't. Let's let's just be honest about it. But uh, I think I think um, I think the UFC obviously trying to trying to endeavor the people who bought the or uh, they were called EING, but they're now called Endeavor. They're obviously trying to trying to make big things happen without without Connor, without Ronda. Their GSP's kind of gone again now, so they're they got to make something happen. I think this this was the right super fight to make, and I think. Um, like DC's fought some big guys in the past. Like he he manhandled Josh Barnett. Like I don't think the the the, the size advantage is going to be too much of a factor. It's, it's a tough one to pick. I haven't really looked at it. But like I'd probably wait to make a pick on that one. But um, Thank you, I think I think um, with John Jones got now about to be banned and Gustafsson's he's he he hasn't really been active. He's hinted that he come or he said he come back for for DC but I don't think there's any rush to make that either. So uh, I think this makes sense and I think um I think it I think it's the right match to make and I I think it was actually a good choice to put them on the ultimate fighter. Usually people may not like uh, having to wait so long for for two division two divisions being put on hold while the ultimate fighter has been been filmed but I don't really mind. I I think it's a great fight. I think maybe it'll it'll create a bit of buzz around the Ultimate Fighter as well, uh, which is which is waning recently. And even if it does, even if it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't really matter. It's not that long. It's not as if it's going to be a year or anything like that. So I, I think it was the right thing to do. I don't mind that the divisions are being held up. I think it's I think it's good. Um, and I think I think like yeah, the, the two belts thing will make it sell well, and whoever wins will will come out of. Uh, bigger star than they were so i think it's i think it's a really good decision to make this fight yeah i'm not sure that the divisions are being held up because the two guys in pole position for title shots are ken velasquez and, and alexander gustafson and both of them are still coming off of injuries you know both of them need a full training camp to get back in what is it uh, february now what five months away until that fight that that's fine for me put both of them on on the on the same card have them fight if they win give both of them title shots easy you know the, the divisions aren't being held out. i think people are just looking for excuses to be mad about this to be honest and yeah. there really really is none um kane velasquez especially there's there's nobody else at heavyweight look at that heavyweight division we, what, what was it last week we talked about it you know over him he's beat uh, steep is beating over him he's beating ingano he's beating verdum velasquez is the next one mark hunt is beating him Derek lewis is terrible you know this is the this is the right decision let's be because we were as we were saying last week i think it's best if kane comes back soon to give him a, a warm-up fight as well so that'll that'll be ironed out but hopefully kane can get back and get a See the thing is though, if, if DC wins, then what's going to happen there? Kane put out a tweet that was like, "Oh, I loved it." What, what did he say exactly? Can you remember? He basically said, uh, "I'm looking forward to that fight happening, and we'll see what happens afterward." Then I'll be, yeah, I'll be things could get interesting or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I like that. A little bit of a heel turn on Royal Rumble weekend. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't like I think 
I think DC. I think DC will give up that belt if he wins it straight away. Um, and if he doesn't, he'll obviously go back down. But I, I don't think he'll make any difference. I don't think DC is staying at heavyweight. To be honest, maybe he will. And if he does, what's going to happen? They'll just make a, a title a title fight as at light heavyweight. DC isn't the type of Conor McGregor guy who's just going to hold on to his belt because he wants to hold on to it. You know, and to be honest, like when Conor McGregor won the second belt as well, the, the the featherweight belt was given up like two days later, wasn't it? So I think DC could be a similar sort of thing. He gets that picture on top of the cage with his two belts and, and rolls off into the heavyweight sunset possibly and, you know, maybe that happens. Maybe Ken Velasquez gets fucked in, but I, I, I don't think that's happening. I think DC will go down to light heavyweight or he might retire if that happens. So I think you know, you could end up here with two vacant titles. But I think it's, yeah, it's going to depend a lot what, what Cormier does uh, on what band John Jones gets. I think that's that's huge in, in Cormier, the rest of Cormier's yeah. career. In his mind, uh, if, if if Jones gets a four-year ban, he might just, he might just if he beats Stipe, he might be like, all right, I'm done. But if Jones gets a like a year and a half or two years, he, he might stick around. I'd say he probably will stick around. Yeah, and he could make Jones fight him at heavyweight as well. I was on submission radio talking about this, and I think that's exactly the the point I was making as well. Thanks for stealing that. That, that uh, <laughs> Jones, yeah, it is all down to Jones. Like, I, but I think this is huge for Cormier as well. Like, like we talked about last week, and the severe snippet. I have I have a look at it over on YouTube. Was about Jones and this kind of the stench of Jones still being on DC. This is a game changer for DC. It really is this fight because if he wins a heavyweight championship, nothing got to do with John Jones. John Jones has never been able to come up the heavyweight as of yet. And if he goes up and wins that, that changes his whole legacy for me because you there's no shadow of John Jones over that, you know. And I think that's, I think it's a huge, 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 huge fight for Daniel Cormier. And um, you know, I think everything about this fight is just great. You know, I don't think it holds up divisions. I I, I think it's a very, very good fight. I think the both of them are getting time to prepare. Uh, you know, it's coaching tough. It's grand. Uh, like when you're, you're just after coming off the fights and, and when you have the fight already booked and added up and, it, you know, it's international fight week and you can build and build and build to it. I think it's it's all just, it's all good, to be honest. And, you know, we, we come on here and criticize the UFC and Bellator and promotions an awful lot. But when they do something like this, they make the big fights. I always say that. And and I, my New Year's resolution in, in MMA was not to care about the belt so much and care about good fights. And uh, hopefully the UFC have, have listened to it and they you know, it looks like they have, and hopefully they keep doing it. Yeah, and I think uh, it, it's good. Um, it's good. It's good for Cormier because uh, with Barda Gustafsson fight, which obviously we, we were t- you mentioned earlier, Gustafsson's injured and been inactive. There's not much there for him really, so it, it's good timing. And he's been there before. He's won the he won the Strike Force uh, Grand Prix heavyweight Grand Prix when he. I think he started as an. I'm pretty sure he started as an alternate and yeah. made his way in. He beat big guys like Jeff Monson and uh, Bigfoot Silva, and like as I said earlier, Josh Barnett. And he picked Josh Barnett up, turned him upside down, and dumped him on his head. Like, and Josh Barnett's a big guy and a really, really good catch wrestler and grappler. So, mm-hmm. um, like Stipe, Stipe's gonna have his ha- his hands full here. Like, I'm gonna have to watch tape. It's a really interesting one. I, I, I yeah, really like the style matchup. Um, it's really difficult. It's, it's hard to know what's gonna happen. Yeah, that, for those people talking about DC, you know he he he's thirteen and zero at heavyweight. Like, so this is not this is not one of those fights where you know it, whatever Woodley going up to to featherweight or McGregor going up to to welterweight to fight Woodley or whatever. It's not it's not one of those at all. DC, look at DC on the scale. He looks like an absolute skeleton. So um, yeah, I think he fought at heavyweight there a couple of fights ago, didn't he? Two oh eight, two oh six point two. Hashtag never forget. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm really really looking forward to it and. You know, it's it, this is this is kind of 
it's not a legacy fight for them. Well, it is a legacy fight for them, sorry, but it's not just a legacy fight for them. I think this is a kind of a legacy fight for the UFC. This is a UFC fight you look back on in, in years to come and, you know, as one of those huge big fights, like, yeah. you know, like a McGregor uh, Alvarez. Maybe not for the casuals and all like that, but for the hardcore fans, I think they will look back on that as one of these. One of these yeah, I see, I see the casuals getting behind this one because they always love the heavyweights. Uh, there was a. There was a lot of hype behind Ngannou before Stipe dismantled him. So I think that's going to help Stipe as well. People be excited about his next fight. People know Cormier. He's he's on TV. He's he's uh, commentating. He's he's like he's a known quantity for anybody who watches even casually the UFC. So I think both guys are known. They, casual fans like like heavy guys. They like they like belts uh, in the promos and they they like the thought of super fights we don't get to see them that often but when we do the they seem to create a lot of buzz so i see this being a big fight doing very well on pay-per-view and uh, legal streams <laughs> exactly yeah yeah right let's move on um nate diaz has come out on instagram this week that he's thinking about coming back around the summertime i'm just going to throw this straight over to you when i when i mentioned this as a, to- as a topic before the podcast i kind of stopped you in mid mid of what you were saying so you could say it in the podcast so here here we go say it what do you think of nate what, was diaz? It, what was i saying earlier i can't even remember <laughs> you were saying like uh, yeah did he, did he, is it official like or, or oh yeah well yeah, yeah nate diaz just coming out and saying that people seem to be like oh he's back he's back but I don't know. I didn't hear there was a new deal done, uh, a new new contract done with the UFC. Diaz has been talking about that that he's that he's not coming back unless it's on his terms. So unless unless something's been sorted out behind the scenes and Dana and nobody nobody's mentioned it from the UFC, then I'd say there's a long way to go before before Diaz is signing a about about agreement. Yeah, unfortunately, I th- I didn't agree with you with that. But the fact that he did come out and say it, I think he could be coming back. Eddie Alvarez immediately called him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Justin Gaethje is fighting here soon against Poria. If he's waiting till the summer, that's a fight that could get made. Robbie Lawler just lost. I think he is a he injured his knee or some. That might he might be out a little bit too long. But you know, Nate might be about six months or something uh so maybe that's a possibility but i think there's a lot of very very good fights from eddie alvarez is number number one no, I, think. I think i think lightweight though either. i don't think robbie lawler is going to be in there yeah I, I think he could fight uh he's you know he's fought there before but i lightweight is definitely he's the way don't get me wrong don't i'm not going full skip bayless here like but i think heavyweight is he not a heavyweight <laughs> super heavyweight isn't he? he's the only man that can beat steve let's be honest there but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Eddie Alvarez fight makes sense, and there's some great matches for him. Even mm-hmm. if the Eddie Alvarez one doesn't come together, like he's been out for so long, and or been been so fleeting in his appearances that uh, he hasn't really fought a lot of guys. Like I'd love, love to see Justin Gaethje and Nate Diaz. Me too, about coming yeah. off losses, oh. that'd be just unbelievable. I just really want to see that. Gaethje, Gaethje was announced this week fighting Dustin Poirier, isn't Diaz. it? I agree. I agree. I agree. Matt Brown is fighting, um, fighting Carlos Condit as well. We, out of those two, which one's your favorite? I don't know. I, I'm going with Gaethje. Pari, I think Pari has improved an awful lot. Gaethje's class. I think Matt Brown is very good still, but I think Condit might be a little bit over the hill at this stage. Yeah, I like uh, you'd be much more excited about uh, the Condit fight a few years ago. Now, mm-hmm. like both of them have been talking about retirement, not looking great, kind of over the hill. But um, I think the Poirier, the Poirier Gaethje fight, like Poirier is willing to willing to strike. Even he even was willing to strike with McGregor uh, mm-hmm. in their fight. So I, I think he's going to strike with Gaethje. Um, uh, okay, against against uh, Joe Duffy, he he mixed in a lot of takedowns. But at the start of that at the start of that fight, they're about exchanging. 
So I think this is this is going to be this is going to be great. Like <laughs> I'm always excited about Justin Gaethje fights, but somebody who's willing to kind of walk forward as well and go toe to toe. I think they need to make as many of these matches with Gaethje as they can. And Nate yeah. Diaz just is obviously one of them. Do the same. Nate thing, it's. I think it's just great to have him back. Like, it was a great week for MMA with those two fights we back, just mentioned yeah. there with the, with the steep ADC. Yeah, but if he's back, yeah, like MMA needs him. You know, last year was a bit of a boring year. Not much happened. You know, McGregor was away fighting and boxing and, you know, just kind of dragged on that whole Floyd Mayweather thing. And John Jones came back at a great win. And then he the drugs ban. Anderson Silva got the drugs ban. The, the GSP fight dragged out. It, you know, it happened months after it was supposed to happen. You know, last year kind of just dragged and dragged and dragged. At least this year, it looks like we things to look forward to as we're going on you know we have those two fights that are already made the three fights even that are already made Nate coming back as well possibly you know it looks like McGregor might come back as well later on in the year Tony against Habib just some great fights coming back up and it's good to be positive as well looking forward and I think Nate Diaz definitely adds to that you might not like him but you, you know he, he's exciting he's he's a trash talker he's always fun to have around he's a bit of crack and I'm 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 all on Nate Diaz coming back. Let's do it, Nate. Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, whoever line them up. Let's let's do that. Yeah. Uh, right. There's a couple of things on on local MMA, and I know you wanted to mention Carl Tanswell, who passed away this week. I, I uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I hadn't really met him that much. Um, I I met him a couple of times very briefly um, over the years, but didn't really know didn't really know him. But from from all accounts, he was a he was a big character and uh, very knowledgeable and it's it's a sad loss to, to, to the team. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the team going forward. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is there. Um, but obviously, it's a big loss to, to the UK MMA scene and to the, the MMA scene in general. Yeah, you, you, there was a lot of fighters kind of came out, and you know, I, I think uh, Ashling Daly especially was one over here that you know I, I think uh, he cornered her in a couple of fights, and I think Brian Moore came out, Chris Fields as well, Rosie Sexton obviously over in the UK, and he a lot of he a lot of good fighters obviously coming out of Manchester, especially recently. You know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of good fighters, and you know, it's sad kind of you know that there's been a, a few deaths in in MMA coaching recently, and you know it, it's very sad. So yeah, condolences obviously from us and, and from everyone to. Um, to his family and and he's obviously he's he's Jim and, and the people who trend on under him and everything like that. Um, also, this week moving on, it's hard to move on from that. I know, but um, there, there was a, a big brave fight uh, fight card this week with a lot of Irish guys on it, uh, and they announced that um, that um, be, uh, Jesus Will Flory uh, is after signing with the with the promotion and he joins the likes of Dylan Chuk. And Franz Malambo as well on their their card coming up. It, you know, it's a big move for Will after obviously he um he 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 didn't win the the season of the Ultimate Fighter in Africa, but he he got this uh, his opponent got disqualified in his fight, I believe, and he he got a big win there. But well, it ended up in no contest, I think. Is it no contest? Yeah, something like that. But it, that's a big card for Irish MMA, and and then Will Flory as well signing on is is a big uh, big thing for him as well. Yeah, yeah. The event is uh second of March in uh, Amman, Jordan. Um and uh, Will Flurry's fighting a guy called Suleiman. Uh, Dylan Tuke is fighting uh, Youssef, and Franz Malambo is fighting Ef- uh, Felipe Efrain. So uh, there's a lot of Irishness on that card. Hopefully there'll be a there'll be a, a good stream for that. I'd say there'll be a lot of interest. Um, Braver, it's a tenth event. They're they got big money behind them, so they're they're trying to make waves here. And I think uh, 
I think um, this was a good move for them. The Irish are obviously uh, very loyal to the, to the Irish fans are very loyal to the the fighters from from Ireland, and they'll they'll basically follow them anywhere. Like uh, there's always a lot of interest when when like uh, the likes of Peter Creeley and Fadipe fight in, in EFC and whenever anybody fights anywhere like Bushido in in uh wherever that was when Io Daly fought and when France fought over there the Irish fans will travel so I think we'll pay for for online pay-per-views and will support so I think I think um Brave know that from their uh from the their past dealings and it's a good move for them um there's talk of them coming to Ireland as well uh, later this year so mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see a couple more guys signed, a couple more Irish guys and UK guys signed to, uh, before that show as well. Uh, the, the the Dylan Two fight is probably the one that stands out. Um, your man uh, who's fighting Yusuf is Yusuf is a is a really good jiu-jitsu guy. He he was undefeated in his amateur and pro career until until his last fight where he got he got knocked out in a kind of bizarre he was winning in a kind of bizarre sequence where he kind of landed on his head and, and got finished so he's he's a very dangerous guy but obviously dylan too has a lot of tools as well so there's definitely no layup here for the for dylan anyway and for for any of the any of the irish guys so it's good it's good to see um it's good to see a bit of like a, a show coming up here because it's been a bit of a slow start to 2018 as uh, for irish guys fighting on fighting on sh- big shows yeah, 100%. You actually gave me a good segue there as we get into our questions here. If you want to send questions at Severe MMA Pod, tweet them to us throughout the week, or you can email Podcast at gmail.com. Our first question is from the man you just you just mentioned there, Ayo Daly, who got a question in late last week, so we said we, we promised we'd get to it this week. So here, here's the first question, at Ayo Daly MMA, give him a follow. I'm going to put it out there and say that Big Franny is an updated version of JDS. Hits harder, but only relies on that superhuman ability. Against heavyweights like Steve Air Kane, they will expose him. From a fight point of view, heavyweights are sprinters, but need to learn to marathon, marathon too. I, I think that's a fair point. Mm, I think I, I, JDS is a lot more technical of a boxer. Uh, mm. he, and he did knock out Kane Velasquez the first time they fought as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I can see the compar- comparisons, but I think JDS is, uh, or I think Francis Ngannou is a lot more raw um, and has more room for improvement. I think I think JDS did have room for improvement, but maybe the the two prolonged beatings he took against Kane kind of uh, kind of set him back a good bit. Like it, it's it, he probably took about what forty minutes, forty five minutes of da- of damage from off Kane Velasquez in in the the second ma- or the rematch and the rubber match. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully Ngannou. Uh, Hopefully, Ngannou can take a bit of time off after that, and he says he's going to do that. So, so hopefully, he does. And um, yeah, he's he's been given a lot of um, given a lot of things. He's been shown a lot of things in that fight that he can improve on. So, hopefully, he'll go and do that. Yeah, I think you need to look at Francis Ngannou in a vacuum, and and people kind of slagging me after the the podcast last week and stuff that I'm maybe I'm a little bit too kind to him, but I just think he four years in he's still a lot of improvement to maybe he'll never do it but he's been so good so far up until this fight that it'd be foolish to kind of rule him out and say that he's gonna constantly get exposed he'll get exposed now because he's not good enough but Ao made the point there you you have to move from just being a sprinter to being a marathon uh, runner as well and I think I think that's a key as well for him. He has to learn how to do that and learn how to be become a better all-around fighter. But he's definitely not there yet, but I, I still think he he can get there. Uh, right, moving on. Mr. Podge, at one Mr. Podge. 
uh, he quotes uh, an article from PT that says there's a chance Jimmy Manuel versus Jan Blakovic will be the main event at UFC London. He asks, is anyone surprised? Um, not really. You know, there's, we, we, we talked about those two fights earlier that could headline. <sighs> will they headline? It's not too far. What is it? Six weeks or something away now? I'm not exactly sure when it is. Maybe not even that far. Paddy say so. Yeah, it's about, it's about yeah, it's about six weeks. Yeah. yeah so I, 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 no, I would be surprised to be honest. I don't think they can make it that bad. Like a rematch, that nobody wants to see. Although if they put Bisping versus Rashad, it's also a rematch. That nobody <laughs> wants to see. But God Almighty, that that would be depressing. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not exciting many people. I don't think the the prospect of. Uh, of either Rashad and and even if they were to put the Rashad basic fight, I don't think too many people would be too excited. But if they if if they went with the main event as it is now, it, people would just be ragging on the card all the way up, and it'd be it'd be a negative energy around it. I think I think there'd be there wouldn't be a negative energy around the the Bisping Rashad fight. There would be kind of people would be a bit excited. There'd be a bit of the oh maybe this is Bisping's last one, but um. Even then, it's just, it's not that exciting. Yeah, 100%. Andy Stevens and at Andy STE123. If DC beats Stipe, is he the pound for pound number one of all time despite having lost to John Jones twice? He thinks he, no. he is. No. no, I don't think so. He said, no, no. Like, how? Yeah, okay, if, fair enough. If he lost to John Jones years and years ago and put together like 10, 11 absolutely brilliant wins and came back and absolutely ran that division while John Jones was gone and they went up and did this, you know, did the same, the heavy, won the heavyweight title after that. Fair enough, you could say it then maybe, but no, like, has he done what Demetrius Johnson has done after he lost to, to Dominic Cruz? Like, even GSP, you know, like, yeah, GSP. Like, yeah, people, people do sleep on GSP as well. Like, like, I think at the time GSP came back. Best fighter of all time, it's obviously Demetrius Johnson, but the greatest, like who's putting the gr- the greatest f- resume together with the greatest ability and everything. It, you know, it's it's GSP. You know, Demetrius is definitely in there. John Jones would have been as he still is, I suppose. Until you know the drugs thing, whatever way you want to look at it, it probably it does take him out of it for a lot of people, me, me included. Like, but no, DC is just not there. He even even if he wins this one fight, he has that big one fight, but he doesn't have that those years and years of domination behind it. You know, look if if imagine if Demetrius beat TJ. You now that's that big win he needs to put that whole whatever three or four or five years, like 11, 12 fights or whatever it is unbeaten. That's the putting the bow on that. This for for DC, it's putting a bow on a great career, but it's not putting a bow on an all-time great career, I don't think. Um, it, it, he's like, And that's where we're talking about upper echelon of the upper echelon here. He's oh, talking, fantastic, but like, yeah. Yeah, if you're talking the best ever, then yeah, it, it's, it's just not quite there. Yeah, like definitely... Top three best light heavyweights of all time, and arguably top ten, top fifteen greatest fighters of all time, but not, not top, not top five. No. Um, Noblar asks, I mean, we about Richie Simone. We t- spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, but I suppose it's been made official uh, this year. Uh, yeah, and a couple of people asked this: which team would be better for him, DC or Stipe? What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts mm, on Richie Simone? Um, I suppose you know him which better. Team than would be better. Um, I think they're both going to be really good teams. Um. Um, I don't know which team would be better. I don't think it really matters that much. It's hard to know. Maybe one team will run away with it. Like that sometimes happens in the other fighter. But um, I think they both have good teams behind them. Maybe the AKA one, one would be slight. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'd lean AKA, but no real, no real difference. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, Smolin, yeah, he's uh, it's an undefeated season. Smolin's going to be at um, lightweight. 
competing at lightweight on the show. Uh, he's three and zero, three and zero and one with the draw with uh, Reese McKee as well uh, on his record. Um, he's really, really good on the ground. He's got some really good leg locks. He's he's tough as nails. Um, it, yeah, it, he's uh, it's it's it, it, he's gonna bring bring a good bit of interest, I think, to the, to it. They're gonna they're gonna play the the Connor the Connor McGregor thing like they did with uh, Chris Fields and and Pendred when they were on the show. They'll, they'll play up that, and I think that'll get people interested. People will either hate him for being associated with Connor or love him. So I think that's good, and I think um, it's good for, it's good for Smullen and all the people on the on the show that there's two high profiled coaches, so there'll be a, a bit more interest than if it was just a another another show like the the past four or five kind of since since mcgregor and faber it's kind of it's kind of waned again uh the the use the interest in, in the ultimate fighter from the fans has waned a bit so i think i think it's uh it's good for smullen that there's a bit there's a super fight waiting to happen with this and maybe there won't be that much trash talk back and forth between the, the coaches but i think people know both of the the, the fighters uh stipe and and daniel cormier so i think it's a, it's a big spot for, for for Smullen, and I think um, I think there was a couple other uh, guys listed on the listed as from Ireland or fighting out of Ireland yeah. on the thing. Yeah, and there's one guy from, about um, it. I think is he from Canada or an American guy maybe or something. But he, yeah, he's training out of out of SBG. There's also another guy over training this week in SBG. I think James Lynch tweeted it. He's a he's a one of the top Canadian prospects apparently, and he, he was training with Art and put up a picture with him. Brad Katona, is it? I, I don't think it was him. Uh, he's the guy that's in tough, isn't he? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah it said it's, it's Dublin, Ireland, by way of Winnipeg, Canada. Which uh, well, maybe it is. My understanding of it though is that he's been over like a, a handful of times to train, and I don't know what I don't know why that's listed like that there, but I, I could be wrong. But that's what that's what I heard. Um, and then there's another guy, uh, Jay Cuccinello. He's eight and zero. Yeah, it says Malaga, Spain, by way of Dublin, Ireland. Uh, oh, I don't know, like a. I've never heard of him, so I, I, I'll have to try and find out uh, if anybody knows uh, if he was born in Ireland or or, or what the story is. After just he's just trying to jump on the bandwagon, like I don't know. Mm. Your your knowledge, like your uh, local MMA knowledge, is is dwindling badly here, Graham. Like I'm I'm kind of taking over the breach here as the expert of local MMA. The Malaga, Spain, uh, local knowledge. Dublin, like come on, get your get your shit together. Actually, uh, Cork there coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll see you all there. Go on now. Yeah, I think I'm gonna head down as well. Yeah. Yeah, so come along, see us at Cage Legacy. What is it, February 9th or something? Yeah. Anyway, right, let's move on. We'll be here all evening. Uh, Simon Darty at Simon Darty 90 Which upcoming fight are you looking forward to the most? He says, he says it's wrong to say Brown versus Condit. No, that's a fine one, I think. Um, mm, you've I obviously know. Brown looking forward Condit. I'll be looking forward to, to Stipe and D DC more than that, definitely. Yeah, I, I would as well, but uh, Habib Ferguson... If that happens, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. oh yeah, that's for me. I'm 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 I'm, I'm very uh, cautious about getting excited about that one though. And I tend not just, to anymore. It's probably not, it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> with that one, with that one, it's very very. Uh, it's it's very hard to be excited about it, but I I'm gonna be excited about it anyway. Uh, Amy McLean asks, with plenty of excitement about two champs fighting, do you do you think both could be wrong about the whole belts or fairy tales point of view? Do you think? You could both be wrong about the whole buried. I don't know what that question means. But oh, say it again, sorry. With plenty of excitement about two champs fighting, do you think you could be wrong about the whole belts being fairy tales? Oh, I guess what he means. Okay, 
he thinks like the excitement about this is because two champs are fighting. I think the excitement about this is two really, really good fighters at the top of their division is fighting. Like the, the I think this proves that fairy tales are fairy tales, to be honest, because the belt here doesn't matter a shit. Because the, like if DC wins, he's probably going back down and then Steve is fighting for the belt straight away. So like uh, I think that kind of proves that the belt is, is pointless here. This is just a big fight for the sake of big of a big fight. Well the belt has a point to it, but it's just it's not as it's not this big thing that people people seem to think it is um it definitely adds to it. like it's it's a prop i think we talked about it like it, it, nate Diaz said it was a fairy tale but he's kind of you know i know what he's getting at he's, it's just it's just a prop and it's, it's it's prize fighting you're trying to get the most money like if you offered if you offered most fighters double their money or a title shot i think they'd probably take the the double the money you know yeah, uh, Dara Kelly asked as well, Kildara, about which team we never really answered. I'm, I'm going to go with DC for that one. I think uh, DC would be better for, for Richie Smullen. I think DC is a good coach and stuff, although I think Sipa's uh, coach is underrated. Um, <coughs> Andy Hall at Bootneck Andy, friend of the podcast, put these in order of likelihood of return in 2018. We, we'll just say likely to return in 2018. So, Brock Lesnar, uh, mm, no. I think I'd say early 2019, maybe, maybe late 2018. John Jones, I'd say no, no. What do you think? No, I don't think no. he's um, gonna get banned. Nick, yeah. yeah, Nick Diaz. No, I don't think he'll. He's coming back. Well, he no, might. he's gonna get banned as well. He dodged his uh, location, whatever they call. Ver- he, think, he didn't verify his location several times, so he's gonna get banned. I think he's like halfway through that already, though. So I think he'd be grand. But, but probably not. Uh, Nate, I think Nate will at this stage. To be honest, I go with yes, but I wouldn't be all that confident. Ronda, mm, maybe. <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I put it in my bold predictions, but if I'm making an honest prediction, I think she will. Fuck it, I think she will. GSP, I think GSP and McGregor is still gonna happen this year. Yeah, mm. I do. September. I'll go with now. Uh, Patrick Sheehan, should the Mayotic and Cormier fight have been at a catchway? I'd say Cruiserweight because Cormier won't stay there because of Kane and isn't putting the belt on the line anyway, so just let it be champ versus champ prize fight. That's not actually a bad idea. What way would you do it? You make Stipe cut weight though, would you? 240 or something. And what's I think Stipe was what, 245 or something for his last makes, fight? It makes no difference. Like, well, yeah, I, makes I think no having a further, having a that heavyweight, I think, is, is better. Yeah, Catch weight just confuses it's not a bad idea to, if you want to, if you care about the titles, but I don't really care about it. I, I wouldn't mind it, but yeah, I, I don't think that's something they do, kind of. But, um, uh, yeah, I want to see uh, full, full strength deep against full strength DC. I don't want them cutting eight pounds or ten pounds or anything like that. True, true. Uh, who would win between Zabit and Bektich? Surely that would be a better main event for London than Bisping Evans. It Bektich would, but, would but it wouldn't sell tickets or anything because nobody care. Do you think Bektich should beat Zabit? Yeah, I think he'd go wrestle heavy and, and beat him. Mm, oh, I like Zabit. Is Zabit Team Sheehan? I kind of, yeah, he is. I hear I'm officially putting Zabit, Mega Med, Sharipov on Team Sheehan right now. Um, how, how many spots do you, do you have? 11? Is it 11 aside or 15 aside or is it a, an we'll NFL roster? Or what? We got 11. We got 11. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm on like seven now. Practice squad, like dude. So, yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were supposed to name your um, oh, team. Oh, yeah. I went to reveal one. Did I reveal one last week? Did I? Who's, oh, yeah, sure. Um, Fabian Edwards, wasn't it? You revealed. Oh yeah, Fabian. Yeah, yeah. I'll reveal another one now. Then. One. You can't beat this guy, and he's not Irish. His name is Cole Conrad. The white Cole magician. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I love the way. That that's a, such a that's such a Graham thing to pick someone who's retired. Um, retired. He's, he's waiting. He's waiting. He's loitering in the, uh, in the background. 
Annie McLaughlin asks, at Annie Angry, I, I think this is like our only female listener. So, what up, Annie? Thanks, thanks for the question. <laughs> we've, had other, we've had other female listeners there. Send us in questions. What about Nic- Nicola Sheehan. Nicola Sheehan. Oh, yeah, Nicola as well. I don't know that she listen anymore, though. You know, she's going to nah, be She's cool. changed. She, she used to be cool. She used to be cool. What do you she's think? Been of, replaced. Yeah, she's been. Annie knows our favorite. What do you think about Joanna and Jacek, uh claims of a brain freeze due to weight cut and her suggestions that similar happened to Rousey in the home fight? What does brain freeze mean? I don't know what she means by that. I don't either. Like she ate, she drank like a milkshake too quickly or something. That kind of brain freeze. Like. No, I think she means like that because of the weight cut, she couldn't think in the fight, and she was just kind of caught unawares, and nothing would nothing would process correctly in her brain. Uh, I just think she's making. They get hit in the head. Probably yeah. that big shot from Rose. Probably was. Like, you never know, but like she, she probably like if if you've gone through the trauma, a, a traumatic weight cut, um, where. Maybe everything didn't go to plan. You had to cut more weight than you thought at the end. Maybe that that definitely drains you a bit. But uh, it sounds like uh, she's been making a good few excuses. But yeah, like a lot of the time, excuses are like are contributing factors. But nobody wants to hear them when you lost. Like you can come come back, win, and then you can talk about it, and people will be much more uh, open to hearing it. Mm-hmm. But like she's had a terrible weight cut for all her fights like she's a big big person at 115 she's talked about going up before she's made uh, she's talked made other excuses after this fight as well like i hate weight cutting more than anyone i'm i'm always beating that drum and people hate me saying it sometimes because i talk about it too much but like as you said after the fight if you choose to cut that weight and afterwards you lose and, and you know you've cut that weight five or six times before and you never said anything about it you know what can you say other than she's making excuses and i i don't like saying i hate saying that it's probably the wrong thing to say but it just looks bad to be honest and you know she blamed her nutritionist and stuff as well look fair enough but i don't know i think at that point like even if that is true like you're just making yourself look bad you should just say fair play to rosanami Yunus. she yeah. she got the better of me i'm going to try to get the better for the last time you know and that, that's my thoughts anyway but whether that's unfair or not i don't know uh andy hall one or two more here uh who does nate diaz beat in the lightweight top 10 so let's let's throw him out conor mcgregor we'll say at lightweight um i, I don't think he beats mcgregor at lightweight this time yeah i'd pick conor yeah tony ferguson Whew, that is an interesting fight. Um, I nearly, I probably go with Nate Diaz. I think it's a bad style matchup for Tony. I think he's yeah. he's very hittable. Um, um, oh, it's a tough one. I'd love to see, love to see that. Um, yeah. The thing about Nate, he definitely, he definitely can beat Tony anyway. But yeah. I don't know if he if he does. There's there's two Nate Diaz's. There's one that's in form, really good, like Michael Johnson, like both the McGregor fights, and then there's one that kind of just turns up and doesn't really give a shit and gets knocked out by Josh Thompson or you know you've seen it a lot of different times. I, but mostly he does turn up good. I think if he did, I think he beat Tony Ferguson. All right, Habib Nurmagomedov. I think Habib beats him. I think Habib wins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, though, though he definitely can beat. He can be, like anybody who's really good at striking against uh, Khabib has a has a chance. Um, I pick the I agree. Uh, Eddie Alvarez. I think that's a close one as well. I think he beats Eddie. Do you? Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think maybe over five rounds I'd pick Nate, but over three I'd probably pick Eddie. Uh, I think he'd push him up against the Oh, it would definitely be rounds. a main event when Diaz comes back. Yeah, I suppose. No, I'd pick Eddie and go with Eddie. It's in Barbosa. That's a bad star matchup for uh, Diaz with vicious leg kicks. Um, mm. It's a tough one. Um, I think that's another five round, three round one. I think over five rounds, Diaz. Yeah, he probably a cardio. Yeah, he probably end up end up 
uh, piling the pressure on. Yeah, I think depends how much damage as as can do to his leg. Um, yeah, that's a good, another good saw matchup. I probably probably need with Nate. It seems like I'm picking Nate against everybody here, but yeah, you love Nate. Fanboy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nate. Always have been. Yeah, Dustin Poirier. I think Nate yeah, beats I think him. Nate, I think Nate beats him, Wendy. Gagey. <laughs> that's a serious scrap. Um, oh, I want to see that fight that much. Oh, I'd love to see that fight. Um, yeah, he definitely can beat Gagey. Uh, Gagey can definitely beat everybody as well. When you go balls to the wall like that. God um, almighty, I want to see I that fight so much. I think the, the five-round thing again, like Gagey, don't think he can output his style for for five rounds yeah, i don't, yeah. don't think you can even do it with three rounds so i think uh the longer it goes the, the more nate will take over in that fight yeah kevin lee i think kevin lee's a terrible matchup for diaz i think he probably takes him down and just lays on him for three or five rounds mm. the way kevin lee got triangled there though against tony was a bit mm, maybe mm. yeah it's an, it's, an, it's I'm, I'm actually not that sold on kevin lee to be honest i'm not sure about him I don't sure think that, but I, I I do think he's a bad matchup for for Diaz. I don't think he beats most of those top guys, but for Diaz, I just think he takes him down. Michael Chiesa, that's an interesting fight, actually. Mm, yeah, no, Ooh. I have to go with Diaz now. Yeah, Diaz is a ally of Quinta. That's another interesting good fight. I think Diaz will outlast him as well, probably. Yeah, I think I seem to be picking nearly everybody against Diaz here, but yeah. I think I think I think Connor beats him. I think Khabib probably beats him, and then the Tony one is very difficult. So is the 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 Alvarez and Barbosa ones, but then the rest of them. Around him and in, in the rankings, he probably has, and he probably I probably favor him against Vic Benil Ariush. Yeah, I probably favor him there as well. Pettis, Trinaldo, Dunham. Yeah, I'd favor him against all all them as well. Yeah. Pettis, though, you never know Pettis as well. Like, but I, I'd favor him against Pettis. Yeah. Um, Daniel Guiptez on Facebook asks about Stipe and and DC's coaching and will it make it worth viewing the entire season? I, I think the season will be all right. You know, if you like it or you don't like it, uh, you know, I think it's up to you at the, at this stage. Like some people just hate it and some people like it. But you know, I didn't watch the last one uh, bar like tiny bits. So I think like yeah. I think that I'm kind of more up for this one. Maybe it's obviously there's a bit of Irish interest in it as well, which helps, and then the 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 coaches being interesting helps as well. But I think they do the ultimate fighter too often. Like if it was just once a year and not just twice a year, um, if they, if they just I know it does good ratings and, and all that stuff. Even if it's nowhere near the ratings it used to do, it still does good ratings for for Fox Sports who who rely heavily on the UFC's content. So I understand why they're doing it so often, but I think there's just been been too many seasons and people don't even know the seasons are going on when they're going on and uh, uh, i'll watch this one but i I had no interest really in watching the last one i kind of did uh jonathan Byrne over on email severe my podcast gmail.com you can get us there ask about whether the ufc will be back in in dublin this year and he talks about the reasons we've talked about before about the indoor arena not being big enough and the not being enough irish fighters in the ufc yeah i think it there just isn't enough Irish fighters in the UFC at the moment for them to come back. You know, if Richie Smullen gets in there, maybe Artem Labov. Um, you know, there, who else? You know, Joe Duffy's obviously still there. Is that enough to bring back a card? Maybe it is. If if they put in, get a big main event, maybe maybe Gunnar Nelson and Darren Till in the main event or something like that. Uh, it's possible, but yeah, I just I don't think so at the moment. But you'd never know. Uh, um, last one. What's your favorite from Sean Dini? What's what color Severe May t shirt is your favorite on the merchandise site? Ooh, um, um, probably black, yeah, as Marcy would say. I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. 
fucking miserable bastard, isn't he? If I seem a little strange, well, that's because I am. Mm, it, it is, in fairness. Okay, this is, has been another long, long podcast, but hopefully enjoyable for everyone watching. I believe last last week's podcast was the longest in like 40 podcasts or something. Oh, really? So I think it's like the second longest in 40 podcasts or something. But has been a, it's been a big week of news. We said we'd bring it all to you. So um, that's that. Any, anything else to say, Graham, before we go? Um, yeah, well, just to mention the the, the merchandise, there's there's uh, there's obviously t-shirts. There's the the wife beater that you saw Conor McGregor wearing in the in the the cinema release of the Notorious. And there's a uh, there's women's, there's men, there's there's mugs, there's hats, there's uh, stickers. There's a lot of stuff you can get there. You can even get like an iPhone or a Samsung cover with mm-hmm. a Swear logo on it. So yeah, go over, have a look, and uh, anything you buy supports us. So uh, yeah. And also, if you want to help us as well, you can uh, rank us out of, rank us five stars on iTunes and wherever you you listen to your podcast and give us a little review, saying how uh, great I am and how uh, much of a bogger Sean is. Yeah, and uh, please tweet it out, Facebook it out, tag us. You can tag me on on Facebook, Sean Sheehan MMA. Tag tag me on um, Twitter, Sean Sheehan Bad. Tag Severe MMA everywhere as well. Uh, and help us spread the word. You know, if anyone's sponsored podcast, Severe MMA podcast at gmail.com, get in touch with us there. Um, and that's about it. Right, here we go. The inspirational quote. Don't think outside the box. Think like there is no box. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Monday. Or maybe Sunday.